percent of Americans said that they were better off today than they were four years ago would have been under the Obama Biden administration. So why should people who feel that they are better off today under the Trump administration vote for you? Well, if they think that, they probably shouldn't. They think 54 percent of American people are better off economically today than they were under our administration. Well, their memory is not very good, quite frankly. Uh, Gallup reported last week. That was Joe Biden being asked about a Gallup poll that shows 56% of Americans who poll said they are better off today than they were four years ago where he was vice president and why should they vote for him? And what does he say? Well, they shouldn't. And then he goes on to insult them because their memory is not very good. Joe, I'm not sure your memory is very good. This is the moment that Joe Biden lost the election. Mark my words, three weeks out, I am now more enthused about this president, Donald J. Trump, being reelected than I have been in uh, maybe a couple of weeks, <clears throat> maybe longer. There are moments in every election where a candidate does something where it's the moment they lost the election. Now, Joe Biden's had many of these moments, and I keep wondering when is the one that puts him over the top. Hillary Clinton lost the election the moment that she fell into that van. You remember that? She fell into, and they had to help her into the van. She collapsed. They had to help her in. She lost the election. Um, <clears throat> Mitt Romney lost the election on the second debate. He won the election on the first debate against Barack Obama, but on the second debate, he lost the election. John McCain lost the election when he was asked about Obama and the birth certificate and something else, I believe. And he said, you know, this is a good man. We need to not attack him. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But I remember it was a street interview and he lost the election right then and there. Um, John Kerry lost the election. He was in that hazmat suit. I remember seeing that going, oh, that's not good. And there were a lot of other moments. John Kerry lost the election as well. And Al Gore lost the election when he huffed and puffed behind George W. Bush on the election stage. And I can go on and on. Um, Bob Dole lost the election, in my opinion, when he fell off a stage during an event. And I, I have a lot of respect for Bob Dole. George H.W. Bush, I remember this vividly because vividly, this is now when I'm getting involved in the politics or being aware of politics. I remember this vividly. He was on stage with a debate against Bill Clinton. And he looked at his watch. And I, I can remember that moment so vividly. I know where I was at. I can remember the surroundings. And I remember thinking to myself when that happened, George H.W. Bush just lost the election. There are moments in every election where the candidate that loses, there's a moment. There's a moment where it just hits and they lost. This is Joe Biden's moment. Joe Biden has lost this election. Yeah, I, I, I know I'm, I'm battling leftists all the time online with polling, you know, how he's leading in the national polls. He's not he, he may be leading in the battleground states, but he's not trending well in the battleground states. He's still underperforming Hillary Clinton in the battleground states. But this is it right here. You know, there's Hillary Clinton had so many moments as well. Her basket of, of deplorables. That was another one of those moments. These candidates have so many moments sometimes where they lose the election. Joe's had a ton of them. But this one. <clears throat> this takes the cake because what has to happen right now is Biden has to campaign. He's got to be out on the campaign trail. And in doing so, he's making 
all these mistakes, gap after gap after gap after gap. So I wanted to start this segment with Joe Biden losing the election. And then I want to give you some ammunition, if you will, for lack of a better phrase, uh, of Trump's accomplishments in his first term as presidency, because I, I debate leftists all the time. I mean, all the time. I'm on social media platforms, like, uh, for example, TikTok, you know, it's 60 seconds. You got 60 seconds to get your message out there. And that's not a lot of time, but there, a lot of content could be implemented in 60 seconds. And you see leftists all the time. All the time, they'll ask the question, uh, I got a question for you Trump supporters. What has he done? And you know what? They have no idea. They're, they're, they think they're clever. They think they're, they're on the cutting edge of somehow knowing Trump has not accomplished anything when they, they have no clue because here's why they don't have a clue. Trump works in a different way than any other president that I know I've ever seen in my lifetime. I'm sure in the history of presidents of the United States, there have been Trumps. There's been some pretty contentious elections, but we are living in this time right now. We are seeing Donald Trump in his process and his style and how he accomplishes things. And on the surface, it's crass. You just call it what it is. It's crass. It's bombastic. Bastic. What's the word I'm looking for? Bombastic. Bombastic. Thank you. I corrected myself. It's it's all over the top. But behind the scenes, this man is doing a lot of work. This man is accomplishing a lot. I mean, a lot. I don't have enough time to get into all of the accomplishments. So I'm going to kind of browse through this. I'm going to put this in the show notes, the list I'm going to go over. Please check it out. It's on my website, the PBL podcast at gmail.com is the email, but the PBL podcast.com is the website. And I'd like you to email me your thoughts. And there's a couple of things I'd like, if you don't mind, my call to action, email me with ideas for the show. What do you think about this list? What do you think about the show? And uh, give me your thoughts. Anybody you think should be on the show, but we are accomplishing a lot. When I say we, it's conservatives, not GOP, not um, the right, but conservatives. This is a movement. We have a country that we want to protect. I don't want to say we have a country we want to save. MAGA is a country to save. MAGA, I guess, is saving. But we have a country to protect. Keep America great. So this is MAGA Wednesday. Let's get into it. Let's, uh, like I said, I don't have enough time to go through the whole list, but let me give you some highlights on this list. It's from welovetrump.com. Uh, the uh, headline of it is, Promises Kept, the Certified Master List of Trump's Historic Accomplishments in Just Two Years. This is just from 2017, really 2018. Those are the two years. I know when you say two years, you're thinking 26 to 2018, but it's not. It's 2017 and 2018. Remember, he was elected. He won the election in 2016, but he was not inaugurated until 2017. So here it is. Um, the first thing, there's two reasons why I am voting for this president, why uh, I, I will do whatever I can to support this president, and why no matter what happens... I will vote for Donald Trump. And they are, 
rolling back the red tape and his judicial nominees. We just we're going through the nomination process for Amy Coney Barrett for the Supreme Court justice. And she's going to be seated. That was in my previous episode. But his judicial nominees and rolling back the red tape are the two main reasons why I support this president. He has eliminated a lot of red tape that have helped business, excuse me, businesses grow. And he's, uh, he's put conservative judges on the bench across the country. Amazing to me. I had no, I, I, I did not expect it. I just didn't expect that the conservative judge part, the red tape part, I expected. All right. So here it is. Um, Rolling back red tape. And by the way, this is from White House Gov. So maybe it's a little biased. Okay, it is a little biased. But still, refute these leftists. Refute it. Rolling back red tape. President Trump is rolling back costly regulations that have burdened hardworking Americans and stifled innovation. And they go through a lot of bullets of what he's rolled back. But there's one that I'll mention and I'll get on to the next uh, main topic or, or the next big deal, if you will, is one is a CFPD, Consumer um, Finance Protection Board. I think I got that right. If I didn't, no big deal. You guys know what I'm talking about. CFPD. This was a regulatory body that was created under Obama's administration. And what it did was it chokehold. In fact, Google Operation Chokehold. And you'll see what this administ- what that administration did, the Obama administration did, to chokehold industries they didn't agree with. And that's what the Consumer Protection Financial Board, I think that's what it is, that was designed to do is here's what they would do. And many banks willingly did this. I'll take title lending as the first example. What they did with title lending is the, the Obama administration did not like title lending. Now, whether you agree with it or not, it, it does provide a service, and there are millions of Americans that use it because they have no other means of capital. They have no means to capital. They, they don't have credit. They don't have credit cards. Uh, they don't have equity and houses, stocks, all that kind of stuff. So they use their automobile as a way to get capital. Whether you like it or not, you know, it, it is an end to a means for some Americans, some desperate Americans. I was in that industry for a couple of years, and I saw the salt of the earth people coming into the locations that I managed. I was a multi-unit manager for one of the larger ones, and I, I mean, I saw some great people, salt of the earth, wonderful people, and a lot of people call it predatory lending, but these are high-risk loans. These are high-risk customers. They knew they were high-risk customers. You take that away, they have no access to capital in any other means other than maybe turning to criminal behavior, right? So what the Obama administration did is they enacted what they called Operation Chokehold, and they did it on that industry. They also did it on the gun industry, and they – they. They pressured banks and financial institutions to stop supporting those businesses. Well, that's what the CFPD board did. Uh, By the way, um, Wells Fargo, with all their issues and such, were ones that did not follow that directive, Operation Chokehold. Look it up, Operation Chokehold. Google it. But so what what President Trump has done is he's cut all this red tape, all this regulation, where the government doesn't have a say in these kind of things anymore. 
He signed 16 Congressional Review Act resolutions into all eliminating burdensome Obama-era rules and regulations. And he also signed legislation to roll back burdensome Dodd-Frank regulations that harmed community banks. He signed an executive order to streamline the permitting process for infrastructure projects with a goal of cutting approval time from up to 10 years to an average of two years. Uh, in 2018, these efforts alone delivered $23 billion in benefits to the American families and businesses. Uh, since taking office, President Trump's deregulation efforts, and by the way, his first two years of his administration, have achieved $33 billion in regulatory savings. So absolutely huge cutting through the red tape, cutting through the regulation, deregulating uh, overreach from the government. That's one of his biggest achievements. All right, next, next category, negotiating better deals for the American people. President Trump is negotiating fair and balanced trade deals that protect American industries and workers. President Trump negotiated a new trade agreement between the United States, Canada, and Mexico to replace the disastrous and outdated North America Free Trade Agreement. Once enacted by Congress, the United States, Mexico, Canada Agreement, USMCA, will better serve the interests of American workers and businesses. USMCA will incentivize billions of dollars in auto and auto parts production in the United States and create a freer, freer fair market for American agriculture. USMCA also includes the strongest ever provisions on labor, environmental, digital, and intellectual property protections to reflect the realities of the 21st century economy. So if you got a leftist to say Trump has not accomplished anything in his first three years, look at him and say, what about the USMCA? They will give you a blank stare back and not even know that Trump renegotiated NAFTA. Joe Biden even said, the USMCA is better than NAFTA. He gave Trump a backhanded compliment on it, but he, he even said it was better than NAFTA. The president negotiated the United States-Korea Free Trade Agreement to preserve and grow jobs in the American auto industry and increase American exports. He's, uh, the United States and Japan are set to begin negotiations on the United States-Japan Trade Agreement. Remember, he worked a deal to denuclearize Korea. Uh, he's also working on a deal to have better trade relations with Europe. And under President Trump, the United States will no longer accept bad trade deals and unfair trade practices that harm American workers and industries. He's also done a trade deal between China that has actually helped American business. China, President Trump is holding China accountable for its unfair trade practices, such as a theft of intellectual property by imposing tariffs on $250 billion in Chinese goods. Following President Trump's successful meeting with President Xi in Buenos Aires, both agreed to conduct negotiations, conduct, conduct, I'm sorry, negotiations over 90 days to address the United States' concerns. And he has done that. Manufacturing jobs are coming back to America because of these trade deal agreements that President Trump has negotiated between foreign entities. Famously, Obama said, manufacturing is never coming back to America. Well, it has because of Donald J. Trump. All right, let's talk about the next one, Unleashing America Energy. President Trump is rolling back costly and burdensome regulations to unleash America's incredible energy resource. Under this president, and this is all you got to tell the leftists, under this president, we as a nation 
have achieved energy independence. Whoever thought that would happen? You know, what happened in the 70s under Carter never should have happened. We allowed uh, OPEC to dictate so much that it crushed our energy consumption here in America and prices went skyrocket. But President Trump has rolled back costly and burdensome regulations. Here's a couple of them. After years of stifling regulations in the last administration, President Trump is unleashing America's energy potential. America is the largest crude oil producer in the world and production has hit a record high. We export more than we import now. First time in decades. President Trump's policies are helping to boost American energy experts. The administration has streamlined liquefied natural gas terminal permitting. In 2017, the United States became a net neutral gas exporter for the first time in 60 years. American coal exports increased by more than 60% in 2017. Remember, Obama famously wanted to put coal out of business? Now, of course, leftists won't care that you tell them this because they want our energy companies to go out of business. They want the coal industry to go out of business. They want the oil industry to go out of business. But what they don't understand is the economic impact of energy, not only in America, but the globe. Energy is the economic engine of the world. The electric cars, hey, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I had a debate with my uh, late father-in-law, may he rest in peace, about how I didn't believe electric cars were efficient at the time and the internal combustion engine is still the most economic efficient uh, mode of transportation or mode to put in our vehicles to move us around. I still believe that uh, electricity, electric cars have come a long way since that conversation I've had with my father-in-law. However, they're not there yet. What I believe is going to happen with electric vehicles is there's going to be a whole new retail arm that evolves from it because Unless they can figure out how to charge a car in the same amount of time you fill up your car with gas, which they don't have that technology now, what will happen is you'll see these stations pop up where people can go shopping while their car charges for 30, 40 minutes. So I still believe the internal combustion engine is the most effective mode of transportation right now for our vehicles. <clears throat> Plus, I just, me personally, just love. Love a gas motor and engine. Anyway, President Trump is expanding access to our country's abundant natural resource. He signed legislation to open up energy exploration in the Alaska National Wildlife Refuge, much to the bane of leftists. In July 2018, the Department of Interior announced it would hold the largest oil and gas lease sale in history. In 2017, the administration approved construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline and the cross-border permit for the Keystone XL pipeline. The administration issued permits for the new Burgos pipeline that will export American petroleum products to Mexico. And the president has ended the war on coal, cutting Obama-era regulations such as the steam protection rule, which was, which was estimated to cost industries $81 million a year. And there's more. So he's done so much for energy production in this country. Again, we are, for the first time in decades, energy independent. That was under President Trump. I don't know about you, but my gas prices 
are a lot lower than they were under the Obama administration. Now, why do you think that is? It's because of what Trump has done. So if a leftist says Trump hasn't done anything, you go, well, what about lowering gas prices? What? Huh? Huh? How did you do that? Well, you, you don't know. You don't know that uh, he expanded the pipelines, uh, that he streamlined li liquefied natural gas, uh, that uh, he issued permits for a pipeline that exported American petroleum products to Mexico, and then there's fracking. You know, uh, Biden and Kamala Harris, before they got caught, said they were against fracking. Now, you know, the thing about fracking is, is it opened up possibilities never before thought to extract oil from the ground. And fracking, you know, the environmentalists, for whatever reason, are against it only because it's bringing out more oil and they just don't like oil. But it's safe and it's economically feasible and it's, it's a boon to our country. Let's move on. <clears throat> expanding options for quality and affordable health care. President Trump is expanding access to affordable health care choices and taking action to lower drug prices. Ask any leftist, what's the cost of insulin? They won't know. It's dropped significantly. People who couldn't afford it without their insurance can now afford it without their insurance. I want to say like $32 or something for a shot of insulin where before it was in the hundreds. So it, he has brought so much down and there's so much more to do on health care. I believe the Affordable Care Act needs to go away. Now, let me tell you about the Affordable Care Act. Because a lot of people don't know this. Is the Affordable Care Act is a mandate, right? And it, it it's a regulatory body. And it regulated by law that you couldn't charge seniors more than you can charge anybody else, senior citizens. Well, common sense will tell you, and this is where the left often loses sight of everything. Common sense will tell you that health care costs for senior citizens are more than, say, a 20-year-old. You know, people age, they need more. You know, arthritis, high blood pressure, whatever. It just comes with age. It's part of the natural aging process. In order to help people live longer lives, we have created a lot of medicine to do that, and that happens in your latter years. So as a senior citizen, you're paying more for healthcare than you are, let's say, a 20-year-old. Well, the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, mandated that that price shouldn't be any different. So what the insurance companies did, because they couldn't lower it down to what a 20-year-old pay, and they, can only, they, can, they have to charge everybody the same thing now. So you got these senior citizens that have cost this much money, way up high, and so they just raised everybody's prices to that level. So two things happen. One is everyone paid more except those senior citizens already that were paying the top fee. And the insurance companies made more money because it was mandated by the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, you explain that to people about Affordable Care Act. <clears throat> this is why we need to get rid of it completely. But Donald Trump, has expanded options for quality and affordable 
healthcare. There's still a lot more to do. He has brought some drugs down and he's working hard to bring more. In 20, let's see, President Trump launched an unprecedented campaign to drive down drug prices, leading more than a dozen drug manufacturers to enact price freezes, reductions, or rollbacks. 2018, the Food and Drug Administration approved a record number of generic drugs, breaking the previous record set by the administration in 2017. That's a bullet point you can give to your leftists right there. The FDA's fiscal year 2017 generic drug approvals are expected to bring nearly $9 billion in savings. Again, this is old. 2017 alone. This is a couple of years old. President Trump signed legislation eliminating contractual gag clauses that stop pharmacists from informing patients about lower drug prices. Those three bullets right there are worth the price of admission. Uh, next, next category, fighting back against the crisis next door. President Trump mobilized his entire administration to combat the opioid crisis that has devastated communities across America. President Trump launched initiatives to stop opi opioid abuse and reduce drug supply and demand, introducing new measures to confront the driving forces behind this crisis. President Trump is working to cut off the flow of deadly opioids in our country and to disrupt the networks that distribute them to our communities. The administration secured first ever indictments against Chinese nationals for fentanyl trafficking. You hear that? I'm going to read that one again because that's one you got to give to your leftist friends. The administration secured first ever indictments against Chinese nationals for fentanyl trafficking. The Department of Justice launched a surge to target fentanyl and heroin dealers in the districts with the most severe overdose death rates. The Department of Justice formed a joint criminal opioid darknet enforcement team and shut down the biggest darknet distributor of drugs. There's a reason why we don't hear much about fentanyl anymore. Now, here's one that surprised me about Trump. <clears throat> standing up for the sanctity of life and protecting religious liberty. The president is committed to defending the right to life and religious liberty. I, I thought this president would do nothing about abortion. Uh, to me, and I, I, this is purely my opinion, I've seen a shift in him more so to pro-life, which is good. Shortly after taking office, President Trump reinstated and expanded Mexico City policy. Uh, and it had to do with us sending them money uh, for abortions and no longer will we do that. President Trump defunded at a United Nations agency for colluding with China's brutal program of forced abortions and sterilization. The administration withdrew guidance that constrained states' ability to exclude family planning providers that provide abortion services for the Medicaid program. And the Trump administration proposed new regulations to ensure Title X family planning funding does not go to projects that perform support or refer patients to abortion. So, and, and in 2017, the president issued an executive order to promote free speech and religious liberty. This one surprised me about Trump. I thought he would just leave it alone. I thought he would do nothing about it. And I think he's become more um, dedicated to fighting religious um, injustice and protect, or protecting religious liberty and fighting abortion. This is just my observations watching him in office. But you don't want to – the leftists don't care about that. They love abortion. It's, it's their cause du jour. And then there's another bullet here, and, I, and again, I'm out of time. I don't have enough time to go through all of these. But if you go to my website, 
the pblpodcast.com. I got a show notes section there and I'll have this in the show notes. If you're by whatever platform you're listening to this on, it may be in the show notes there as well, but I highly encourage you to go look at this list. It is extensive. Other categories, keeping America's community safe. President Trump has made clear that his first responsibility is to protect the safety and security of American citizens. And for another category, enforcing our laws and securing our borders. Another category, building America's military force. Another category, restoring America's leadership abroad. Uh, another category, honoring America's commitment to our veterans. And another category, transforming government. Uh, I mean, and then the historic economic boom prior to the COVID-19 pandemic that hit. This president has done so much, so much for this country. And he doesn't even take a salary. We need to have these facts available when we are talking with our leftist liberal friends. Because I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of seeing all of this social media where people are saying this president has done nothing in his first term. He's done so much. Imagine what can happen in turn number two with a Republican Senate and even uh, even a Democrat House, but now with a 6-3 Supreme Court, six conservative justices, give or take a few, and only three hardcore leftists. I think we're on the cusp here, ladies and gentlemen, of our country going to levels we never thought possible. This pandemic, scamdemic, whatever you want to call it, didn't have to be this way. But it is what it is, you know, famously quoted by the president of the United States. And he's absolutely right about that. We will get over it. We will thrive. Unless, of course, we elect Joe Biden. Uh, he's not fit for office, ladies and gentlemen. He's not. I'm going to leave you with another Joe Biden soundbite because there's a lot coming out on the campaign trail. We're going to see a lot of these in the coming days because Joe Biden He's forced to get on the campaign trail now, and it's paying a price to him. Listen to this, and I'll catch you on the next PBL podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. And, of course, like, share, follow, subscribe, and rate this podcast on your Apple iTunes, if that's how you're listening to. And please do visit our website, thepblpodcast.com. Click on our YouTube link and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. This podcast will also be on that YouTube link. Listen to this. If we do not, and no drug company has the capacity to do it, if we do not find an answer to Alzheimer's, then in the next 19 years, every single solitary bed that exists in the United States of America now will be occupied by Alzheimer's patients. If we do not, and no drug company has the capacity to do it, if we do not find an answer to Alzheimer's, then in the next 19 years, every single solitary bed that exists in the United States of America now will be occupied by Alzheimer's patients. I think Biden may be projecting just a little bit right there. Dr. Gessler.